Welcome back to another episode of the Who You Know Show podcast, where what you know is important, but who you know can make all the difference in your business, career, relationships, and life. My name is Trevor Houston, and on this show, you'll learn the strategy, grit, and mindset it takes to overcome obstacles so you can level up in your career, recover your cash flow, and live the life of purpose that God intended for you. Don't forget to look at the mic drop moments timestamped in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to pay it forward, subscribe and leave an honest review so we can improve. Thanks for listening. My name is Trevor Houston, and please enjoy this episode of the Who You Know Show. Welcome to the stage all the way from the UK. Jane is an executive career coach who was not going to be defeated by getting laid off twice in one year, but she bounced back and now she set up a coaching practice to help others who are going through the exact same experience. So it says here in your bio, right, that you got laid off twice in one year. Yes. Talk to me about that. How did that happen? And what were maybe some of the, ooh, some of the emotions that you went through that experience? Okay. So, you know, the context is I was working in HR for 20 years. And one of the things I was doing as an HR business partner was restructure after restructure. So I was working in aviation. So we went through all of the 9-11, the impact of that, the impact of the ash clouds, the volcanic ash clouds. SARS, foot and mouth, everything that you can imagine we went through and we responded with a reorganization, which resulted in redundancies. I knew that at some point the bottle was going to spin and land on me. <laughs> so I st- started to prepare myself for that for probably a few years before it actually happened to me. But even when it did happen, it was still a shock. It was still a surprise. Because you're thinking, oh, actually, yeah, I am, in, I am dispensable. I am not like essential to the running of this airline. So even though I had prepared for it, it was still a shock. Well, so, hold on, hold on, Jane, hold on. Yeah. So you said something I want to touch on real quick. So you said you prepared in advance, right? You're yeah. pre- preparing in advance. Talk to me about that. What were some of the things that you were preparing? Because so you saw the writing on the wall, essentially. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. So uh, so to give you an example, one of the things that we did as an airline was rather than spending money on external coaches, we're going to train up a team of people inside the airline so that basically we can save money. So I stuck my hands up for that. So I got my coaching qualification through Ashridge Business School. So really, really top-notch training in terms of coaching. I really, I started building my network way before I needed it. So that's always a hint. It's build your network when you need it. Wait, are you saying who you know? Are you saying who you know? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. So you started building your network. Okay. What else? Building and helping people. So it's like, you have to put some deposits into your emotional bank account because when you need that network and you start to make a withdrawal, you can't be overdrawn. So it's almost like doing stuff for people so that they can help you when you need. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna give you a mic drop for that. Okay. So I'm gonna literally (laughs) give you a mic drop for that. If you hear me banging on the mic, listen, you got to make some deposits before you make some withdrawals. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yes. Because otherwise you would be drawn and no one likes bad credit. (laughs) That's good. No, no one likes bad credit. No, I love that. That's so good. And I see that it's when people are networking, they 
sometimes they go into it with a me attitude. Ah, uh, it always is. What can I, and I've been on the receiving end of this. When you're, you've got a fancy job title with a huge multinational airline and you go to events, I've literally had people do a pincer movement on me because they, it, it's like, I, you know, we want to sell to you, but it's like, tell me about what you can do. Like I, I go in there with the view of what, how can I help someone else in this room? Mm. And it can just be something really small. It can be, can I make a connection? So who do you know? Ooh. Or can I send you, oh, we talked about that book. Here's a link to that book on Amazon. Or even better, if you've got their business cards, send them a copy. That would be so nice. Okay. I love that. I love that. So networking guys, as you're listening in the audience right now is it's essentially, how can you help the other person? Okay. It's not about you. Exactly. It's about servant, be a servant and how you can yes. help them. And there's this thing called the, the law of reciprocity, right? Like it's in the Bible, you reap what you sow. And if you sow a good seed, you will reap a good harvest. So what'll end up happening is it will come back to you. It just does. So I love that you're saying going into those situations, figuring out how you can help the other person. You also talk about here why it's so important to revisit your values before starting, yeah. before starting your job search. Can you frame that up and really tell us more about that? So I think what happens to people, so particularly when I work with people, the HR people in the room will call it outplacement. It's basically the, how do you place someone out of your organization? So it's, I act as like that cushion as someone is being cast aside from their business into sort of catching them and helping them to figure out what's next. What generally has happened, I work with quite senior people, so they're generally a bit older. What generally happens, and I'm talking very generally here, is they haven't really looked at their values and what's important to them for a long time, if ever. And they really, they've just been on a hamster wheel on this treadmill for so long that mm. they really don't know what it is that they really deep down want. And they've just been tricked into this climbing up the greasy pole. And then they get to the top and go, oh, I'm not sure I like the view from here. Or maybe I want to change the view. Maybe Ooh. I want to do something different. You know what I'm picturing as you're saying that? I'm picturing this thing we just all went through called the great resignation, the pandemic and everything shut down and people were forced to reflect. So that's what it reminds me of is what we just all experienced, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because what the pandemic did is it showed us the good, the bad and the ugly of organizations. So it showed us who were the really good ones. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if I take my husband's business, they got sent home before the prime minister locked us down. In May of 2020, they said, we're closing our business and come and get your stuff. They gave everybody time to come and get their stuff. And now that business is hundred percent remote and they do loads of stuff to keep people connected. And what they have built is they've built loyalty from their people because their people really appreciate like working from wherever because he's not commuting for three hours a day now he started running and he's doing do a half marathon at the end of this month so he can now get up in the morning go training and and so he's getting that physical exercise which is helping with his mental health and well-being the company also has a co-working space that anybody can use at any time. You just need to book in so that they're not overrun with people on a particular day. So every month or so his team get together. So they have that connection, but they also have that time where they are, he works in IT, so he needs to heads down focus time. So 
It's about creating the environment where people can pick and choose where they need to be at any particular time to complete their particular task that they need to do. Whether that's getting down and coding or whether that's being with your team and collaborating on something and generating ideas. It doesn't matter where you are as long as you're in the right place for the output to be there, to be produced. I love that. And I want to really dive into when you were talking about, again, how you were laid off twice in a year, right? Yeah. Talk to me about the mindset and the grit and how you overcame that. How did you get through some of those days that may maybe felt like, ooh, a little bit hopeless? I know you said you prepared. Yeah. You said you prepared in advance. What were some of the things that you were doing so that it didn't overtake you? So a lot of the stuff that I did was I had outplacement. So when I left the airline, I had outplacement, but being... British Airways, we got the cheapest possible version of the outplacement. I was matched with a coach and the coach really got me, but I only, they, I only got two sessions with her. So we, did, we couldn't really go that deep. And I also felt we were engaged, one of the big players in the outplacement market. And I felt like I was on a conveyor belt. I felt like a number. I didn't feel like I was a valued mm. customer. And I think that's where I make the difference with my clients is I work wall and wall with people because it's great to have that kind of shared experience, but in terms of an individual's needs, it's so different. And so I think that's what I didn't get from that. I, you can create your own network. So I'm still in touch with a couple of people whom I met through that. And every now and again, we meet for coffee or have a phone call, but it's almost like you've got to create that. And I think there's that outplacement bit but then there's also the routine as well we're human beings we're creatures of habit so I created a routine for myself so that I would have those anchor points during the day particularly when I was unemployed had no job it's a full-time job finding a job but it's also like you can't spend all day like mm. like rewriting your CV and mic drop thing. you have to step away from it <laughs> mic drop yeah <laughs> You got to, you, you know, um, I think it's important to, especially cause again, you'll get that burnout. If you do anything too much, yeah. you're going to get that burnout. So, you know, you got to stay exactly. fresh, got to stay energized. So what you said, I liked what you were talking about with your husband and like going and working out and he's now running and doing all kinds of stuff, staying active, yeah. keeping the mind sharp. Cause this whole job search thing, guys, it's at the end of the day, it's a mindset. It's mindset. And how, it do, is. how do you keep your mind sharp? What were some other things that you did? So some of the other things I volunteered. So I did a lot of mm. volunteering. I mentored students anyway. Mic drop. I almost wrapped that up a little bit. So I did a lot of guest guest lectures. So at, at one of the universities that I worked, that I mentor at, so I did some guest lectures. I took on more mentees than I usually did. So I had a bit more work to do because I wasn't working. And just... I took on more of the house things, I have to say. So I love cooking and things like that. So I did do more of that. But for me, it was about the routine. So it's a Friday. I knew we had this job seekers kind of coffee morning thing. I had certain gym classes that I went to with a friend who was unemployed at the time as well. So I got to show up because he's waiting for me. So we, it's just that create almost a, a default diary for the week. And I just love it. Don't fill it. Don't fill it, but just have anchor points in the week that just keep you on track. And then and then when you are in the job search mode, then you're 100% in that as well. So it's almost this like 
physical, mental kind of balance, really, and helping other people just stumble. My drop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love what you stand for, Jane. Like I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, helping other people, volunteering, keeping a real tight schedule. Don't just sit back and just get online and apply. Cause guys, we all know where that's going. That's going in this thing, oh. the black hole. So don't do oh, that. That's so demotivating. Yeah. Just, it's almost the law of diminishing returns. Oh. It's almost get picky about it. It's dating. I talk about being in the job market, being like in the dating market. It's, you've got to get really clear about who you want your partner to be and you need to put them through the test. <laughs> Absolutely. Jane, you have a giveaway for the audience. You have something, it's a, called change versus transition. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so this is a free download that I created. So it just helps people to understand the difference. So it's particularly aimed at HR directors when they are starting a change program because they always result in layoffs. There is a there is change and change hap is something that happens to us. Generally, we can't do anything about it. Mm. The speed that you transition through that change, it is all of the stuff that we've been talking about is the how you respond to that that will transition you through it quicker. But you have to go through the change curve. We've talked, everybody talks about that at Infinitum. You will go through that. The speed at which you go through that is dependent on you and your mindset and your approach and also the business as well. So it's, it helps both sides. So that's available for everyone. Jane, I love that. And it reminds me, I can't remember who exactly said this. Somebody will tell me, send me a DM if you, if you know who said this, but there's a saying it's, um, when you're going through hell, uh, keep going, right. Don't <laughs> pitch a tent in hell. Just keep moving. Right. Uh, like, love that. Right. Like, like you were saying, it's the speed in which like change is inevitable and you're going to go through this discomfort. Yeah. You're going to go through a moment in time where it's just, ugh. but like the yeah. speed in which you move to that next spot will determine yeah. a lot. And you're right? going to, and you're going to go through that process. So it's like when we started, I said, I've exited thousands of people from the business mm. through layoffs and it happens to me and I am shocked and I am in that pit, that pit of despair. And you can stay in that pit of despair or you can move out. I think you have to go through that. And I joke and say, I sat on the sofa, ate chocolate buttons and watched Netflix. <laughs> and that's okay. I, because the second time it happened to me, it was a couple of weeks before Christmas. So I was in that space of oh. no one's hiring. It's dark outside. It's cold oh. outside. I'm just going to sit in this pit and lick my wounds and oh. eat chocolate and oh. drink wine. Oh. And that's okay. But don't check in there forever. you got to oh. check out. Mike, check. you got to move yourself out. <laughs> Do not check in there. Don't stay. Don't check into yeah. the hotel, y'all. I like that. Yeah. I've been there too, Jane. I have literally yeah. been there a few days before Christmas, I got fired from Harley Davidson. I remember this was like a 10 plus years ago, something like that. I was selling Harleys and I got let go right before Christmas and it was crushing. It was crushing. Like wow. how, why do these companies do that? Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? There's never a good time. Everybody says this. Oh, it's just before Christmas. It doesn't matter when it is. That's just like a story we tell ourselves. Yeah. Whenever it happens again, it's the process is the same. The reaction is the same. Yeah. But Christmas just adds a level, but well, also it can. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. There's never a good time, but there's definitely it's a never. bad time. <laughs>
<laughs> That's definitely <laughs> not the, the right is, time. At least it was a few weeks before Christmas and I haven't spent a fortune on stuff like presents and things. It's almost made me like rein it all in and like, ah, like the, don't spend any money this Christmas. It's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If everybody can do me a big old favor, okay, I want you to follow and ring that notification bell for Jane. Thank you so much for being with us today. You rock. Thank you. You're amazing. Oh, I, you, I love you, Trevor. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Who You Know Show podcast. My name is Trevor Houston. And if you've enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen and leave us a positive review to help us keep the mics on in the studio. Until next week, that's the show. It's all about who you know.